Hello, and welcome to Out in the Woods. Um, hello. Uh, let me just get situated here. I'm in a new recording spot, as is typically the case. I've found myself moving around quite frequently. I also got some headphones. So this is really interesting to be able to hear my own voice as you will hear it, hopefully. Hopefully it sounds this silky smooth. Um, you might have noticed, yet again, unfortunately, there is no banjo. And it is very sad to say, but the banjo will not be returning in any time soon. And we will get into that in more depth later on. Uh, so stick around. Hang out. Hopefully it will be a wonderful show. Um, I am alone again. Uh, there were some slight scheduling issues uh, with the supposed new guest, next guest, whatever whatever you want to pick. Uh, and hopefully the audio sounds okay. I'm inside because it is extraordinarily windy out. And, well, I can see the outdoors. I can see the woods. So, by golly, we're going to keep on rolling. So, let's just do a little recap of the week, shall we? Um, hopefully, you listened to the last episode with Sam. It was my first episode with a guest, and it was a wonderful time to record it. Um, I know I listened back through, and I do have a few comments on the episode, uh, but in the moment, just being there with Sam uh, and getting to shoot the shit like we used to was incredible. Uh, there certainly was a lot of interesting discussion. So again, if, if you haven't listened to it, uh, I very highly suggest you go and listen to it. Despite, and this was my biggest complaint, and it's on me. Um, again, I am still figuring this out, but the audio was a little interesting. Um, it's much easier to record quality audio when it's just me, because I know that I can keep my head still next to the microphone. And with Sam and I, we were a little farther apart. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to figure something out. We'll, we'll get better audio whenever we have guests on because of course I know that y'all seem to enjoy it and I certainly enjoyed uh, having a guest on. Um, so the reason that I was down with Sam, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, um, is because I was able to go to the wonderful, wonderful event called South by Southwest. And let me tell you, it was something else. Uh, I showed up on Monday, so I, I missed the majority of the film section. Uh, I did get to see a handful of movies and films, uh, as well as a good number of concerts, which I was very excited about. And then a few um, just random exhibits. I got to see some Porsche concept cars and... Um, a few of my buddies and I, we stumbled into these domes that you just laid on the ground. And then they had these 360 projectors covering the roof of this dome with this super nice background music. And you would go through the ocean and then rise up through this like futuristic civilization. It kind of looked like um, on Tatooine. I think it's Tatooine. The Gungans. If anyone here is a Star Wars nerd, the Gungan city on Tatooine, I hope I don't get criticized for getting that wrong, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of. That's what it looked like. It was great. Um, 
So all in all, South by Southwest is an experience and a half. Uh, the city did get a bit overwhelming towards the end of it. I'm a good old country boy, what can I say? As this podcast has clearly demonstrated, I do enjoy being out in the woods. And although Austin is one of the cleaner cities I've been to, which, you know, thank goodness, it's the capital of Texas. Um, I, it, it, it definitely started to, to get to me, but it was still a wonderful trip. I got to sit out and chase the squirrels at the U.S. Capitol, which was really fun. I got to just people watch for a minute and kick my shoes up and take a break. That was always just a, it's such a nice time. Because, well, South by Southwest is overwhelming. It is consistently something going on, uh, and it's never very far away from where you are. So there's just a huge, I don't even know, a huge influx of people and of events, and it's just always something, and you always have the opportunity to go. Uh, So if you like that sort of thing, go for it. I personally uh, would love to go back. I thought it was a wonderful time. I would like to go maybe for longer. Now that I kind of know what I'm getting myself into, I'd love to go for a little longer um, as well as go with someone who can also get into the events. Uh, Sam had to work the first two days, so it worked out well uh, because I had my badge, so I could get into most everything. Um, So that that worked out. Uh, but on the third day, he took off, and so I was like, "All right, Sam, you're coming. You're coming to see some movies with me." And uh, we ended up not being able to get in because they were well, they were in high demand those movies, and I don't know why, because it wasn't anything crazy. But it's South by Southwest, so what can you do? Um, personally, I don't think I would ever pay for the badge because it is not cheap. I got mine for free off of a buddy. Uh, solid move. Thank you, Pef, Perf, something. I don't know his actual name. I just know his Instagram account. And he sent me a badge. Uh, Sketchy, I know. But solid dude and solid time. Let's see. One of the regrets, ooh, regrets, sorry, that, uh, that I did not ask Sam about birds. This is out in the woods. How... How can I not ask the first guest what their favorite bird was? Um, I think he said it was, oh, this is bad that I don't remember. I think he said it was a cardinal. I really do think he said it was a cardinal. Um, Either way, I have some bird facts. Uh, Let's see here. Nope, that is the size of a morning dove, which is 8.9 to 14 inches, which is much larger than I was anticipating. Anyway, the Texas state bird, the northern mockingbird. Uh, I was curious uh, why the mockingbird is the state bird of Texas. Uh, In my travels over the past few days, I've seen a great number of birds. Um, mm. Sorry, this is a delicious cup of coffee. Uh, I've seen a great number of birds including uh, lots of pigeons in Austin, which is very funny because they really just don't care. Uh, And they're just kind of going around, and they're doing their own thing, and they mind their own business. I wish people were like that. Anyway, the state bird of Texas, the northern mockingbird. So if you have a guess as to why 
the state bird of Mockingbird, or the state bird of Texas is the Mockingbird. Let me know. Now, this is your chance. This is your chance right now. I'm going to take a little break. This is your chance to think of it. No pressure. Okay. Too late. Uh, it became the state bird in 1927, which is a while ago. Almost 100 years, so congrats. And they can sing up to 200 songs. Uh, this is also, this. all this information is from wheretexasbecametexas.org. Uh, seems like a reliable source to me. Let's see. The Texas State Legislature proclaimed that the Mockingbird, this is the reason for the Mockingbird, just so we know. Quote, the most appropriate species for the state bird of Texas, as it is found in all parts of the state in winter and in summer, in the city and in the country, on the prairie and in the woods and hills, and is a singer of distinctive type, a fighter for the protection of its home, falling, if need be, in its defense, like any true Texan. Now, doesn't that just ruffle your feathers? That was beautiful. Texas legislature, they, they knew what they were doing back then. I can't say a lot of legislatures know what they're doing today, um, but that's politics, and we'll try to avoid those. Let's see here. I Back to South by Southwest. I have a movie recommendation. Uh, I stumbled into this theater uh, slightly hungover, and I picked the movie because of the title. Because why not? It is called The Blind Man Who Did Not Want to See Titanic. Now you have to ask yourself, how literal is this title? Why doesn't he want to see Titanic? Is he actually blind? What is this movie about? You know, because I think if you ask yourself how literal the title is, you know, then it is literally just about a man who does not want to see the Titanic. Uh, but it could be a metaphor or whatever. Uh, I ended up going in and I was slightly late and someone was up on the stage talking and there were these two very sharp dressed gentlemen in the aisle and I, I was sneaked in and I said, oh, am, am I late? Who's talking? Like, I don't, I, I, is now a bad time to go get my seat? And with very thick accents, they were like, go, go, go. Now, now is good. Now is good. And I was like, okay. So I shuffled in front of this theater. I was in the first row on the very end. Uh, so I had to shuffle in front of everyone as this man was talking. And right as I took my seat, the man on the stage said, and now for the director and producer. And it was those two gentlemen. They came up on stage. And I was just right there with them, which was very crazy. Uh, so it turns out, and I won't give away the movie, because I do really think that you should watch it. Uh, the movie is a Finnish, it's all in Finnish, which I know I probably lost most of you there. It's all in Finnish. It's got English subtitles. And the beginning is a little slow. I know it doesn't sound great. However, even in my hungover days and misery this movie was incredible i still got the chills thinking about it especially learning more about the actor and the reason the director chose him and the reason the film was made in general um so again no spoilers okay because 
I highly recommend you watch it. I don't know where you can watch it at. I did not do any digging. Uh, but anyway, it is indeed about a blind man. Uh, and he actually, we find out, really does not want to see the Titanic. And his reasoning, I will leave that for the film. Uh, but he is blind because he has MS. So he's paralyzed and he's blind. And uh, we learn after the fact, because they had a Q&A with the director, which was super cool. Uh, someone was saying, so why like, why did you make the film or, or why did you cast... Uh, oh, shoot. I can't say his name. Oh, Petrie. I can say Petrie. His last name is Piokolainen. Again, it's all Finnish and it's all Finnish people. Um, so why did you cast Petrie? And the director said, well, back when I was in the Army 25 years ago, Petrie and I went to officer's school together, and we both were in, like, an acting class. And they both liked it, and, and according to the director, Petrie was an incredible actor. So Petrie plays the main character, just for some background information. <clears throat> so this movie is about a blind man doesn't want to see the Titanic. He has MS, and it starts out with his, like, daily routine, getting through the day, and he keeps calling this woman Serpa on his phone, and you can tell that they obviously have a very close relationship. And one might say that they love each other, despite the fact that they have never met each other. So Serpa is also very sick, and Petrie uh, is blind. So he can't just travel around on his own. Um, but anyway, why Petrie? Why did the director choose this man? Well, it turns out, many years later, um, Petrie and the director, so the director had gone on to work in the film industry, and Petrie had been diagnosed with MS. So the actor actually had MS. So that was not an actor playing someone who had MS, and the actor was also blind. Uh, so the director was saying, like, they instead of him reading the, the script, which apparently he had a photographic memory, so anything that he saw, he remembered immediately. Um, the director would sit there and read out the lines, and Petrie would have to recite them and memorize them. So it was an actual blind man who actually had MS who was playing a blind man in the movie who did not want to see the Titanic. He was a blind man, did not want to see the Titanic. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear it the first time. Uh, but the reason for the film in general is because the director called up Petrie, and the director was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm directing movies now, blah, blah, blah. And Petrie said, oh, well, I have MS, and I can't see, and I can't move, really. And so uh, the director said, well, do you want to act again? And I'm getting the chills thinking about it. Uh, this is when he started to cry, which was very moving because you could tell that they were, were obviously very close friends. Um, but he said, do you want to act again? And Petrie, of course, said yes. And so the director said, okay, I don't know what, but we're going to do something. So this movie is the spawn of that. Uh, and he was telling us about, like, the shooting schedule. It was shot over two weeks, which for, it was a full-length hour and 20 minutes, something like that, film, uh, 
for two weeks, which is unheard of. It is ridiculously short. And they were even going with shorter uh, shooting days because, again, Petrie had MS. And so he just physically was unable to expend all that energy. Um, the director said that it took him six months of like heavy resting for him to catch back up, which is crazy to me. Um, nonetheless, the blind man who did not want to see the Titanic, very, very highly recommended. Uh, it is, it is an artsy film. It's, it's not your, your Marvel cinematic universe. Okay. So go into it expecting some, uh, hmm, some bold creative choices as well as some interesting pacing. It is a little slow in the beginning. Uh, but it very rapidly picks up, just so you know. Mm. On to Blade Show. So post-Austin, uh, I was there for a few days. Post-Austin, I came to Fort Worth, or I went to Fort Worth for Blade Show, Texas. Uh, I am obviously very excited about that as a knife maker. I know most of my listeners will probably not be excited about that. Uh, but Blade Show Texas was incredible. It's basically a ton of dudes put in a room with a bunch of knives and some beer. And everyone just hangs out. So I met up with my buddy Casey Og from uh, Brute Force Bladeworks. Now, if you have an Instagram and you want to follow a knife maker, this is the man to... Ooh, sorry, I got the hiccups now. This is the man to follow. Not only is Casey incredibly kind uh, and genuinely a funny dude, he is a he's I I consider him a good friend. We spent a lot of time together the past few days, um, but he is an incredible, incredible knife maker. Uh, very, very impressive work. So, and he's young. He's a young guy. He's I think maybe twenty five. I think is what he said. Um, Super solid dude. If you can, I don't know if he's taking custom orders. If you can, pick up a knife from him. Go for it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, so Casey and I wandered around and met up with some people he knew and met up with people that I knew. I spent a lot of money and, well, just generally hung out and learned more about knives than the average person would probably ever want to learn in their lifetime. Uh, it was a lot and a lot and a lot of steel talk and bevels and hand sanding and things like that. I know. Riveting, riveting podcasting material. <sighs> At last. The reason for no more banjo. I know that this is why all of you are here. The reason for no more banjo. Um, well, while... I was in Austin, so this was a Thursday, I believe. Uh, a fire started just maybe seven or eight miles away from the ranch. And the ranch is in Coleman, Texas, um, or it was. <laughs> mm. But uh, it started a few miles away, and we, had, we haven't had any rain. And we had really bad winds, and the fire just... Kept on keeping on it, kept going, kept going. And so they called in a bunch of 
fire teams, firefighter teams from around the state came in and got it like mostly under control. Like it was, it was basically about out. Um, and so these teams started to go away and the next morning the wind picked up way worse. And so what was out relit basically. And so it just kept on going and it took out the entirety of the ranch. Well, entirety of the, the property. So it wasn't like half the ranch got hit, half didn't. Um, all of our property got hit with the fire, which is very weird to see. We'll come back to that. Uh, as well as some of our buildings. So the main house, by some miracle, is still standing, like perfectly in its brilliant white and shining silver metal panels. It is still standing. It smells like smoke on the inside, of course, uh, as is the barn is still standing. A solid wood structure uh, is still going strong, and it is still brilliantly white in everything. And I'm not saying this lightly. Everything around it is black. I mean, charred to a crisp. Um, the cook shack, if you have been to the ranch, the cook shack is no longer there, as is the bathhouse. Uh, if you haven't been to the ranch, the cook shack is just where we do all the cooking. And then the bathhouse is like a external his and hers bath that we use if we have guests. Uh, so both of those, the bathhouse is called the Million Dollar Shitter. And it is no longer there. Uh, so both of those burned down. And my banjo was at the ranch in the cook shack. So RIP banjo. Not that I was an avid banjo player. Really, the only time that I played it was to pick it up and play the intro to Out in the Woods. Uh, so, no more banjo. And, speaking of no more, uh, my shop also burnt down. It was a metal building, uh, but the floor was wood. And it was up on wooden beams. So, the whole building was raised up maybe six to eight inches, uh, maybe a little more. Uh, on these large timber beams, and then a plywood floor. So you know that baby was toast. Um, the whole building obviously fell along with everything in it, uh, and it was really weird to walk around and see because a lot of the tools are aluminum. Uh, I just picked up some welding squares that were aluminum. Uh, I had a, a wood planer that was Aluminum is a very hefty machine. The DeWalt wood planer, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, it's like 100 pounds, okay? Uh, mostly aluminum. Anyway, there were pools of previously molten aluminum that had seeped out the edges of the building. And based on their location, I could tell what tool was what pool. Oh, it rhymed. How about them apples? I did. My welding squares had these little uh, had these little thumb screws in them that held some tabs for for better alignment. And one of the pools of aluminum that I had found had the thumb screws embedded in it still, uh, which was crazy. Um, if you have never seen something after it has been burned. It is shocking. It is 
truly, truly shocking how little is left. I mean, really. Like, I don't think I can accurately describe how little is left of something when it burns down. Obviously, if it has, you know, rock or steel, it's fine. Um, but it is just a big pile of ash. It is shocking. Um, in our cook shack, I had found some of our pots and pans. Uh, they're called Magnolite. I think they're from like the 70s or 80s. Uh, they were my grandmother's cookware, and personally, my favorite. I love cooking on them. Uh, and we found those melted around our stainless cookware, or just melted into pools. Um, it is just truly shocking how little is left and how hot that fire burns. Uh, what is also really shocking is the ranch. Uh, my sister and I drove around, and the amount of underbrush and shrubbery and, you know, like down trees and limbs and things like that, like, that was there before seemed normal. You know, it's one of those things, like, you, you're used to some form of, of shrubbery or some ground coverage. After the fire, it was gone. I mean, gone. It wasn't like someone just mowed the lawn. I mean, it was down to the rock, basically. So the whole, you can see forever because the trees are still okay. For the most part, some of them are. Um, you can see, you know, where the trunks are. You can see past that because there's no branches underneath them. There's no more grasses. There's no more little bushes coming up. There is nothing. So you can very accurately and for quite a ways see the landscape and the shape of the landscape and it is just all rock it is so so spooky um so what does that mean for well you the listener hopefully nothing uh the podcast will continue to go on i'm sorry that this episode had not been more riveting. I tried to throw in some little facts, and I have another one for you here at the end. Um, I am going to continue to push to have guests on once I figure this all out. Uh, I think I'm going to have to start doing them remotely. By golly, it's not the end of the world. Um, but in the end, I wanted to be consistent and still put up something. Um, because in the end, I think that's what that's what matters, consistency, you know? Um, so if you did listen, and if you listen this far, thank you. Your treat is, obviously, as a Texan myself, uh, I am partial to a good plate of barbecue, which I'm going to give my man a shout-out here. If you're in the Brownwood, Texas area, I think it's technically called Early Texas. Uh, it's basically Brownwood. If you're in the Brownwood, Texas area, or you're passing through, you have to, have to, have to, have to go to a barbecue spot called Up in Smoke. It is delicious. So this guy, we followed each other on Instagram a while ago. He's actually from Midland. They used to have their barbecue shop here. Um, then during the panty, they moved out to Brownwood. 
and they finally got their shop open a couple weeks ago, and I was finally able to go through on my way to Austin, and man, he hooked me up with some dank barbecue. This stuff was incredible. I mean, so stinking good. He's won many uh, competitions for it, if that tells you anything. Super nice dude. It's a super clean restaurant. It smells delicious, obviously. Um, I do not say this lightly. Their pulled pork is the best pulled pork that I have ever had. Just saying. Uh, anyway, so so you see BBQ or you call it barbecue, whatever. Well, I wanted to know where did that come from? Um so barbecue, as we know it, is a form of cooking meat that started in Puerto Rico with the Tiano people who called it barbaca, uh, which is where barbecue comes from. Uh, in Mexico, it typically refers to meat. You probably know where I'm going to go with this. Uh, meat, like whole sheep or whole goats, slow-cooked, um, or uh, above an open fire, or in the ground covered with agave. Um, now, this is also called barbacoa. Yes. Um, and in the U.S., barbacoa is typically done with, like, beef cheek, um, or just the whole head in parts of, like, Mexico or in the States. Um and as as you move around the world, uh, as you move around the world, the 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 meat in what part is cooked uh, changes. So etymology: the word barbacoa, uh, believed to come from mainland Tiano, Eastern Dominican Republic. Um, let's see. Let me find it. Oh, this is all in Spanish. This is riveting podcasting as I try to... Oh, I just... I looked this up the other day. And why is it called... I gotta, I gotta look it back up again. I'm so sorry. I thought I was very prepared. Anyway, from what I remember, uh, barbacoa was typically what was referred to uh, as meat being cooked over sticks uh, back in the olden days, long, long time ago. Um, and if you've ever seen Chef's Table, uh, the Francis Malman episode, uh, he cooks barbacoa by using whole, I think it was lamb, whole lamb, like split down the middle, uh, flayed out, and he attaches it to poles that he suspends over an open fire. And if I'm not mistaken, that is the original barbecue, and that is where barbacoa comes from. Uh, and as time goes on, and as we get steel and you know metal barbecue grates or things like that, um, it is commonly referred to as barbecue. And now in the states. Barbecue typically refers to something that has been slow-smoked uh, as opposed to a direct heat. But if you go elsewhere in the world, barbecue is like on a grill. What we would refer to as grilling, they will refer to as barbecue. 
So for us, barbecue, smoking, slow cooking, whatever. All of that, it's the same thing. But anyway, sorry I botched that one a little bit, but hopefully you'll learn something. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a guest, fingers crossed, and hopefully with more interesting facts, and maybe with a little longer episode. I know Sam and I's episode was almost three hours. It was two hours and 40 minutes. I Again, again, I do highly recommend you listening to it. Uh, this episode is obviously going to be shorter, um, and hopefully it will be slightly entertaining. Uh, I understand that a conversation, not just between you and me, but between an, an additional third person, is going to be more entertaining. I acknowledge that. Uh, but, you know, these babies, these babies don't make themselves. And so I'm going to keep on podcasting, and I'm going to keep on ranting into the microphone about whatever else. And hopefully, well, hopefully this thing will become something great one day. And if you stick around long enough for that to happen, thank you. And if not, well, you're the worst. If you think I'm talking about you, I am. Anyway, I will see you next week. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Cheers and God bless.